so good at being in trouble Spending my days out in the ghetto Mama say that I need to be careful Going downtown on the Blue Line Metro Car overheated in the can't afford a rental Broke down Chevrolet sitting on Central my headphones looking out the window Laura Hill playing it could be so simple Damn I just can't wait till I get on What the hell is taking so long I wish I had a girl by my side I wish I had a brand new ride I wish I had a light I wish I had a private flight I wish I born a star sometime I wish I had a right I wish I had to find a Wish it wasn't so Cobain I wish I had you Shit And I wish I wasn't stuck on Central Just so good at being in trouble Spending my days out in the ghetto Papa say that I need to be careful Heard a nigga just got popped at the Arco on the whole stroll, junkies on Narcos Long Beach, Compton, Watts to South Central Damn, I just can't wait till I get home Shit. That's when the cop had pulled me over I wish I had a girl by my side I wish I had a brand new ride I wish I had a light I wish I had a private flight I wish I born a star sometime I wish I had a right I wish I had to find a Wish it wasn't so Cobain I wish I had you Shit And I wish I wasn't stuck on Central I wish I was in control Really wish I wasn't stuck on Central I still got so far to go Yeah be stuck here not for long just hold on hold on work late nights and early mornings what's up y'all this is episode two of way out west this song is called trouble on central by buddy and uh, i want to thank my special guest for putting me onto this this guy drove all the way out from scottsdale it's a pretty far drive if he coming way the fuck out here especially to buckeye this is a pretty long time friend it feels like to me it's been a short couple of years, but it feels a whole hell of a lot longer. We've had some really good times, some really good talks, and we're going to sit down and do it again. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Cody. Can I say your last name, or you just want to be Cody? You want to be uh, Chode? Chody Mac. Chody Mac. One piece of the crew, Wagoo. <laughs> hey, that's right. <laughs> we'll get the rest of the crew out here in time. How you been, man? How was the drive? Good. How you liking it out here so far? Out here in Buckeye? Yeah. Shit, Burger King slabs. Burger King slabs. That's about the only thing that's out here on this side of town, though, is Burger King. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to my dad on FaceTime, and I was like, like, Pops, I was like, Stephen lives in fucking bumfuck Egypt, dude. I was like, we're out here. <laughs> I was like, they got an AutoZone, a fries, and a Burger King in one shopping center. <laughs> the AutoZone, those two, especially Burger King and AutoZone, those are like staples. You go to uh, Avondale, there's going to be AutoZone. Across the street, there's going to be a fucking Burger King. They're just paired. They're paired, and they're always like within a block radius of each other. So if you need some fucking car, you, or you have car trouble, you need some work, let, uh, let your car sit there, take your ass to Burger King. Yeah. It's like that stepbrother's... Uh 
movie when they uh, go to that interview and the brother's sitting right behind. I'm coming too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's like no more. There's not a more classic movie than Step Brothers. I can't name a lot of lines from it. I know a lot of people that can, but I just know it's a funny fucking movie. It, like whenever it's on, you have to sit and watch. Like no matter what else is going on. Oh for sure. Yeah, I think that's my favorite comedy movie of all time. I think Katie alone, like ridiculous. her and her friends, can sit and quote line after line. We used to have his manager at the sports bar that knew that movie front to back, and she just had a reference for mm-hmm. everything. And you just be like, oh, my fucking God. Like, you are, you're you're the biggest child ever. Yeah. You said you haven't or you haven't? You, you, um, you've seen it, but you can't quote it? I've seen it, but, like, not enough to, to know it word for word like I know other movies. I think the most underrated character is, that fu- is the wife of uh, the brother. Yes. Derek's, De- Derek's wife. She's, like, the perfect compliment because he's an asshole. And she's like, I can't stand this just motherfucker either. a sexual either. creature. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck anything else other than her man. But then her choice in men, she goes after Dale of all people. <laughs> yeah. And Dale don't know what to do. She's throwing it at him and he's like, yeah. What? Yeah. I wanna I wanna what, roll you into a ball and shove you up shove you up my vagina. And just hold you there. Yeah. <laughs> just, every time I feel a little tickle, I just know it's you. It's your hair inside my vagina. That's what she say. I, I just want you to know I'm gonna pleasure myself to the yeah. side of you punching Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shoulder pain I'd be pissed To walk in and be like What the fuck are you doing Yeah That's fucking hilarious too Man so um, While we were listening to that song outside um, The thought ran across my mind Just like How different that sounds From what I listen to on the daily And then um, We brought up Cole's new album And kind of how much That sounded so different And um, neither one of us Has really listened to the whole thing Throughout But um, I wanted to get your opinion on how different it does sound compared to like everything that he's done before. Hmm. It's like, does it sound? You think it sounds a little bit similar? He says, um, he says in one interview I heard on a uh, Kevin Durant's podcast actually that um he he went back to a certain writing style and he felt that it was it was a lot more tough that he could get his shit off a lot better that nobody nobody could really touch him. He had to go back to that mindset. Um, say like from when he did uh, Born Sinner. And Born Center was a really good album. That's one of my favorites, and I think that he had some some dope songs. Yeah, I actually I don't even I don't know. I feel like it's artsy. It's it's just it's different. It's unique. It's in depth. It tells a story, but it's like to the punch in this album. I don't really know. I like I said, I gotta listen to it more. Um, you know what Elisha says that uh, "For Your Eyes Only" is his least favorite J Cole album. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of my favorites because it just like it's fluid, like the whole thing from start to finish. Is I just sit and I ride and I listen to that for like you know however many minutes it is, fifty something. I feel like it's it's fluid and then it just has like the perfect ending. I love the last song, mm-hmm. which is the the four year eyes. Four only. Eyes only, it's right? like a nine minute yep. song, but it's like super personal. The whole album's personal, but that right there was like damn. Yeah. And I feel like so far with the you know this last album and then uh, KOD prior, it's like I could pull a couple songs from it, but those aren't albums that I'll just like listen straight through to. Especially KOD, now that you say that, because that's one that I definitely jump around on. Yeah, there's some bangers for yeah. sure. There's some really good, really good songs on that. And I know the whole album's good, but as far as like picking, like I, I go to that album and I pick between like four songs that I won't listen to and then I get out and I move on to something else. Same, same thing. Whereas like I'll throw on, um, what is it? Uh, Forest Hills Drive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forest Hills Drive. And I'll just sit and I'll cruise and I'll listen to the whole goddamn thing straight through. There's moments at work where, like, 
<clears throat> even though, you know, we're not supposed to be on our phones. I'm like, man, I have to have some music. They and they, they fucking hound us for it, but we're all. You have, head, you have a headset on or you uh, play it through? So we have a headset that we, we do the pick system through. And then I do like my earbud mm -hmm. in the other ear and just keep my hood on so they can't see the shit. So that way I have some kind of music because then all the other employees, all the other guys, there's a bunch of Mex it's, we have like just a Mexican crew as Mexican as it gets. So they play their music loud as shit on the speaker. Mm -hmm. And it's all you hear all night. Is fucking <laughs> and yo, there's some of their songs slap, but damn. But um, I do have to pick, I try to pick, uh, you know, albums that I can listen to all the way through. Mm -hmm. And most of the time it's like uh, Forest Hills Drive or I'll pick out shit like Kendrick Lamar. But it's always old stuff. Um, uh, Good Kid, Mad City, or even mixtapes. Um, what the fuck is it? Uh, damn, I'm having a brain fart. Mixtape? Uh, one of Kendrick's mixtapes. Oh, I don't know. That's a SoundCloud thing. Oh uh, man, it's like it's it's fucking classic, and I can't believe I'm I'm having a brain fart that I am right now. Um, overly dedicated. Damn. I feel like that's one of his best ones. Like I and I can sit and play that like front to back, and rarely have to skip a song. Yeah, but it's like I always find myself going back to like the same artist, and it's hard because I don't really, I don't listen to a lot of the new music that's out right now. No, yeah, me either. I listen to all the same old shit. I don't really get new music. Um, not I haven't even been growing my music in a while, honestly. Whether it's whether it's new, whether it's old, it's all. I've just been listening to the same shit for the last fucking year and a half. I feel like I've been in this. Uh, what's that? What's that ride at Disneyland? Uh, the Small World. No, 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 no. They no, play no, the no, same no, damn song. That, <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, huh? No, it's that fucking ghost one, the Tower, Tower of Terror. Oh, okay. That movie. The haunted, no, not the haunted mansion. I'm I don't know what the hell it was it's called. The Hollywood Tower of Terror, right? Yeah, Tower of Terror. But it's when you go up to the top, it's like based off of a movie. I forget what it's called. I don't know why. I, don't, I need to look shit we having a high moment ladies and gentlemen just, just never mind us the shit happens yeah um twilight zone ah yes yeah, yeah that's what it's all based on damn i can't believe that fucking flew over my head either yeah 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 it's just last year and a half has just been fucking you know truman show just repeating the same thing over and over and over again my life's a movie not a good one <laughs> shit at least well you know <laughs> Especially with everything that's going on right now, like you don't need any more change. Corona was the biggest change for all of us, so that shook a lot of shit up. So it's kind of nice to have some consistency, or at least yeah. a little bit of a cycle. But yeah, it and does. it's all the stuff that I'm like that I love too. Yeah, so it's not yeah. stuff that I'm necessarily getting tired of, but I, it, it has been like it's it's time to grow a little bit. Listen but, to some new music. No, nah, but then when you listen, like turn on the radio or get in the car and listen to the radio, there's a lot of shit that just doesn't sound good or sounds. Mm -hmm similar to what you've heard something in the past or just something else that's out right now and it's it, it might be a totally different rapper singer but you're like god damn this sound like taylor swift or this sound like little yachty and it's it's somebody you've never not, fucking heard right of. yeah yeah you have no idea but they sound the same yeah elisha elisha's pretty good at sending me new music but he uh he sends me is it little little kirk little dirk little dirk i like some of his shit is nice. I think it might be Kirk then. I think okay, I like Dirk. Kirk. Yeah, I don't know. It's starting to get old. Elisha yeah, sends me some some music sometimes. Like, that I'm listening to it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I really fuck with this. And like, he mostly sends me all my new music lately. But um, he'll send me like little Kirk or whatever the hell this guy's name is. I'm like, I just can't do this whiny like fast pace high pitch <laughs> rap shit anymore. 
I can't do it. All this new modern, like all this six, nine yelling and this shitty ass rap that's coming out. And that's all it is. A bunch of yelling and shit. Or I need those like old fucking ludicrous bangers that you could club out to rather than all this shit. I like, I can't, all this stuff's meant for DJs. It's not meant to just listen to at a club. It's meant yeah. for a DJ to mix and like fuck with. I was gonna say even the DJs, I feel like they might have a hard time because they have to mix so much of it. True. But I don't know, the shit gets redundant. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Favorite uh Yeah, probably favorite album to sit and cruise to though straight through would be that uh Oh, Logic album, uh The Incredible True Story. Yeah, I feel like that's Straight his through. best one. Oh, yeah. And I used to hate the dude at first. I didn't like Logic at all. And um, I have a friend named Aaron that used to work with us at Marley's. Mm-hmm. Him and uh, him and another guy named Danny, they used to listen to him all the time, and they put me onto it. I finally gave it a chance. And I think by that time, his first album, it came out, um, Under Pressure. And that was dope. So I was like, oh, shit, he is kind of nice. And, like, went back and listened to, like, his old stuff, the Young Sinatra and then just like kept on listening to it, but um, the incredible true stories is the best. Yeah, I feel like he got a little too whiny afterwards. In the uh, in the albums falling, just like in his albums falling, yeah. yeah, like a little bit of complaining and like feeling sorry for himself and shit. But his rhymes it became th- pretty political too. He did. Yeah, yeah, he was very very political in his uh, what the confessions album. He's got a brilliant mind though. I like the way he thinks. It comes like it, it definitely comes a lot. It comes across in his raps. Like he's a good storyteller. He can paint yeah. a good picture, and um, he he puts words together like a motherfucker. Like this last uh, No Pressure album is fire. That was dope too. Yeah, Dad Bod. Yeah, that song's fire. And GP Four, Dad Bod, and then uh, Man I Is. Man I, like, I Is is my favorite. I, I like think. Five Hooks. Five Hooks is dope. Five Hooks is good. Yeah, yeah, but it's cool because he like put all that uh, you know. But it's literally put his own life in perspective, you know, almost like got out of the black versus white, you know, what he dealt with on his mom's side, what he dealt with or didn't deal with with his dad's side. And, you know, put all the political stuff aside and then just talked about his literal his literal own life now, and like being a dad, you know, to a little daughter taking her to the grocery store. Yeah. And like, you know, what he's doing now, he's like, why the fuck do you guys care? Why are you all in my business? Like, it's really not that interesting. Like I rap and then I do this. Normal so day shit. They feel like he's supposed to remain the same aside from all that other shit going on. Like, people forget, like, damn, now his his responsibilities change. His attention shifted. Like, uh-huh. yeah, he's still, he raps now, but he's a dad first. He's a husband first. So. Uh-huh. And that's, like, that's with anybody in the music industry. You know, all the legends and shit. You look at how they've all changed up now. Jay-Z, for one, you know, is, like, where he came from. Selling drugs, you know, uh-huh. to being the businessman that he is. His fucking his mind shifted, his attention shifted, took care of the important shit. I feel like a lot of people, they they look down on him for stuff like that. Like, if you're going to do better, if you're going to stray from what we know you for, then we just don't, we're not going to give you any kind of peace. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to fuck with you anymore. That's why motherfuckers shut down and, and be all depressed. Like, I think when I think like about that, about. I think about Mac Miller especially, because that dude, like, it still <laughs> blows my mind that Mac Miller is gone, and, like, that shit legit makes me sad, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, I mean, that's Logic's, Logic's whole, uh, you know, the 1-800-273-255 yeah. suicide hotline number. Like, that album talks about, like, you know, all the stresses of just being a rapper in general and just, like, you know, the shit wears on you. Like, people just beat you up day in and day out. 
changes you gets on your mental and imagine being that young too with that money that pressure oh for sure like you already have you have so much at your fingertips that you're trying to juggle and then on top of that you got people just coming down on you for you being you or Mm -hmm. for not letting them see a certain side of you like i want to it makes me think about um you ever heard of ricky davis no. Um, he was a he was an old football player. I and I don't know too much about him besides his name. And um, I watched it was an old documentary I watched on Netflix, and um, the dude was so like introverted that he just he was so sick of dealing with people, and dealing with with the world that he just he fucking gave up playing in the NFL and just like went and and lived off on his own. Ricky just Davis. like cut himself off from the fucking world. It was like a dope running back, and I think about that all the time. Like you have to be like. A certain level of fed up with people's shit to just cut everybody off and like oh yeah give up on give up on your career and just like to say that's enough yeah for sure to walk away from something that big it's a big step but I feel like that's also like a necessary step for sure necessary and just like the courage that it's got to take to do that you know to opt out of dude you can be multimillionaire you could have everything that you wanted. You know, you could supply your kids with everything that they want and their kids, potentially. Definitely. To walk away from that just for your own mental health and sanity. Yeah, that'd be tough. We're getting real dark. Sure, Sure, that's why people get stuck. That's why people get stuck and they just, like, they turn to other shit. Drug abuse, alcohol abuse, alcohol abuse for sure, and it's like, know somebody that it's affecting right now and i know somebody that has affected in my family and it's just terrible to sit and watch especially when you try to reach out and, and help but then again some people don't want to take the help yeah yeah for sure yeah, i feel like it's so difficult i just had a buddy of mine who was in rehab for 40 days lost contact with his best friend didn't talk to anybody else other than our manager to actually keep him in the loop and let him know what's going on as far as work goes and when he's going to be back. Um, but he's trying to do it all on his own. Like, I feel like for some people that works out, for some people, you know, it's like they need that backing, they need that support. Yeah. Others, sometimes they need to realize that, you know, they got to figure shit out on their own. You know, they have, they have, they have to push or they got to stop relying on people because they they rely on people too much that they don't make progress themselves. I understand Maybe. that for sure. I can say that I see that in myself a, a little bit or maybe even a lot of bit. Like once I realize I'm getting a certain amount of help, like uh, I kind of get the sense that it's it's going to be there. And it's definitely, definitely with, you know, my family or, or a lot of the people closest to me. Mm-hmm. And it's a shitty, it's a shitty trait to realize in yourself. Like it's a, it's a level of comfort that you don't want to have. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard to break too. Yeah. It's like, um, at the same time, I'm, I'm very hard headed. And I don't want to accept the help, but then once I do, I'm like, okay, if you're gonna help me, then help me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And not to sound like, like I'm not appreciative of it, and like an asshole, like okay, help me, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you say you're gonna help me. It's yeah, it's hard. Help me then. It's hard for me to accept help, dude. And and Katie will tell you, my family will tell you, I'm stubborn, I'm hard headed, and I'll fall on my ass a million times before I'm like, I okay, on my own. I don't need to. <laughs> I could do this. I don't, need Katie to t- I don't need Katie to tell me so I can realize. I'm an independent man. <laughs> man. Nah, not really. I get a lot of help. All right, man. I'm fucking lighten up the mood a little bit. What kind of fun shit have you been into lately? Oh, fun shit. So 
besides work. I know bartending is great and all, making lots of money, seeing lots well, of places. What is work? But Nashville was a trip. Yeah, how was that? Um, Training and opening up. What was the restaurant first of all? If you're allowed to say. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not a secret. Uh, Twelve Thirty Club. So it's um, Sam Fox's. He sold it to Cheesecake last. Uh, Soul Fox restaurants to Cheesecake Factory last January, I think, or February was whenever the final sale was, right before COVID. I think that somebody knows something. Nice. I think someone, uh, someone higher up, someone with money knows that something, they, something's coming. So they, they made that big sale. They made that big sale right before COVID happened, right before all of his his restaurant and the restaurant industry shut down. Uh, but anyways, it's his first uh, his first venture outside of a Fox restaurant since he sold. And it's uh, called the Twelve Thirty Club. His partnered. Uh, he's partnered with Justin Timberlake, and Justin Timberlake's like best friend or something like that. Nice. So just some dude named Trace, owner of Jimmy John's, and uh, who else? Oh, this company called Ring on Hook. Um, they're based out of Denver, but it was cool, man. It was cool. It's completely outside of like Sandbox's realm of like what he's used to. Like he's you know he's a restaurant tour at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to bring food to this part of nashville is downtown broadway area um and that place is just fucking a madhouse yeah i always like i hear nashville is a pretty like a popping place a lot of comedians i listen to um they go there a lot they do a lot of their shows um just even a lot of a lot of artists doing their side tours go through nashville um yeah i'm gonna get more, more situated here i'm good i some bigger shorts that's, that's <laughs> cody comes over here and fucking five inch inseams and carl lewis track shorts <laughs> like my baby ain't here both my babies and shit katie walks out the office <laughs> fucking sees a great white snake <laughs> dripping underwear sauce and shit <laughs> oh fuck oh, oh man. yeah these are tiny so I, they, I oh. have no, I have no tan, no tan to merit wearing these fucking shorts either. Nah, don't worry, summer is just kicking it. off. You're gonna yeah. get, you're gonna get dark. No, it's, uh, so they, uh, he brought, he brought food to Nashville, right? Or is attempting to bring food to Nashville. My food's incredible over the twelve thirty club, but uh, the places like Nash Vegas, they literally call it Nash Vegas. Nice. Like the place is just fucking insane. Like I mean, eleven to noon, noon. Tuesday might be a stretch, but let's say Wednesday through Sunday morning, there is like five people wide, six, seven people wide on the sidewalk, deep, all the way for four blocks of this Broadway street. Yeah. Like, it is just, just active. Spot. On all these fucking, they have all these uh, Greyhound buses, old school buses, tractor towing fucking trailers, um, driving through the city that you can rent. And BYOB. So bring, you bring your own blues oh, nice. onto these trailers. And they just pull you around the fucking city. That's dope. Like, it's like, it's one of those things that like, you know, you do for the sake of it being like a, a touristy thing to do. Just the experience. Something to do while you're there. Like if that's, you know, if that's a staple of going to Nashville and celebrating your bachelor party. Yeah. Dope. Um, but I was there for 26 days. And so. <laughs> you're seeing a lot of the same motherfuckers getting fucking balls. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I would I would be caught fucking dead on I wouldn't be caught dead on one of these fucking buses, bro. Like these people are ridiculous. Like they have um, I forget I forget the brand or this this company's name, but they have one of these buses that actually has a full on spa in like in no the back way. of it, dead ass serious. So it's like half full of water and people are just like 
And by people, I mean like corn-fed country <laughs> folks are in their fucking bathing suits. These women are in their one pieces, holding all their shit together. Straw hats and shit. Yeah, and they're all sitting in the spa in the back of this bus. Oh god! No. And the bus is covered, so it's not like you know fully visible to God. But street side, you see it's, everything. It's you enough see for everybody everything. to see. Yeah, you see everything. It's like imagine that water. Imagine the water in that spot. And you know they don't stop to change it throughout that drive or just throughout that day in general, maybe. I, yeah, I don't know how that shit works, but that is just raunchy. And you know, some of the motherfuckers getting in there fresh off of a work shift. Oh, yeah, or just worked a double. Just all left that the gym. The just start, shit. just clapped some cheeks and jumped in the pool. Yeah, dude. That's some nasty shit. Yeah, there's some ruthless people out there, dude. People go there to get fucked up and have a good ass time. Do you guys That's- take a big crew or is it just pretty like select few? There was uh, there was eight of us I think in total that were out there as like as front of house trainers. Seven of us that were out there as front of house tra- okay. trainers, uh, and then they had their own I, I don't know ten maybe maybe less uh, back house trainers. Uh, but it was interesting. Though. I uh, I did the Dallas uh, opening of the Henry. Well, I actually came in as relief, so I wasn't I wasn't training there. I was training was training I was training one on one though. I wasn't training like group sessions and group modules and teaching multiple people at a time. Um, but so out in out in Nashville, I was required to basically act as management the whole time and like train these people from the ground up. The people in that Broadway area, they have no idea. Like, there, mind you, there are some, there are there are some quite a few that know how to serve, but a lot of them didn't know just the finer touches of of service, going above and beyond, and like. You know, really catering to the guest needs while also performing the utmost hospitality at the same time, right? For sure. Living up to those um, Fox standards and shit. Yeah, Fox standards, right. Yeah, bringing that shit. Yeah, Drill into your head for life if you know them. Yeah. Um, for sure. It's like bringing the, bringing, bringing the Fox standards out, out from Phoenix all the, you know, to downtown or Broadway, Nashville. Um, so we were just out there to fine tune and uh, fix up these servers. But yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. It was a good time. It's like a little feather in the cap. Being able to go out there and manage like that, um, and you know, learning that I can step up to the plate, sure. and I guess uh, let's adapt, adapt to all the changes. Like, bro, it, it being a new concept, like they don't know what the fuck they're doing yet. Yeah, so, like, so they you, know the structure of a restaurant, how things need to be run, but this management, they don't know exactly how they want to tweak it so it will fit Nashville's vibe for sure. And so, Fox being the restaurant tour that he is, is trying to bring food to an area that primarily relies on liquor and beverage. Mm-hmm. And so, you have all this, like, you know, all this investment into the culinary aspect of this restaurant, and then you have a huge investment into the liquor. But we have 18 different types of glassware for all of our specialty cocktails, whereas everyone, a block, like half a block away or right next door, is using plastic cups and vodka sodas. Yeah, beer mugs and beer yeah. glasses and shit. So it's a completely different vibe, completely different culture. Like, there are some places in, in downtown Nashville, right in that Broadway area, that, you know, they'll give you a nice glass, I'm sure. Hell yeah. Um, but a lot, but our place was just, like, it's very unique to that area. And so I'm really curious to see how that ends up turning out. The downstairs area is going to be this honky-tonk, where it's going to be um, live music day in and day out. I think they're going to start restructuring the dinner and the food downstairs so they don't have... You know all this time put into the culinary aspect sure um and they could spend more money on it becoming a bar and then there's stairs that lead you up to this mezzanine area which is going to be like a um members only annual fee um 
private reservations, private parties, you know. That'd be pretty dope. Oh, dude, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's all hand-painted walls, hand-painted ceilings. The mirrors are actually, there's or there's part of the ceilings that are actually mirrors, so it's kind of cool to be able to look up and see what's up. Yeah, and all his his concepts are always pretty nice, especially the Henry um, Zimberger needed work. (laughs) It had some work, but even Blanco. They perfected being a little diner, though. Yeah, for sure. For what it was, it it, it did the job. Oh, yeah. I learned a shit ton through through Fox, too. Like, I didn't go super deep into any of, like, the the bartending or the culinary aspects of it, but it's... It provided a lot of opportunities. I learned a lot more about the restaurant industry there than I did working anywhere else. Yeah. And like even having a management opportunity after that, just didn't like it where it was and went back and then still was just like unsatisfied. But it wasn't for me, but I still, there's days where I miss the service industry and just being in food and beverage in general. Yeah, it's unique. It definitely trains you for a lot, a lot in life, you know, being able to just handle and being able to speak to anybody. regarding anything, especially being behind the bar. Yeah. You know, it's like the guests that you get. It's like you develop these relationships with complete strangers, but you, they come in to get their fix and you're there to deliver it, you know, in the kindest way or just in the most simple You don't even talk way. to them. You got those people that come into the bar and they don't say shit to you other than um, white wine spritzer. Yeah. And they put their hand up, say white wine spritzer. I don't need a menu. Or let you know that they're ready to pay. Cool. Or yeah. fucking validate like you don't their token. To, pay to validate their fucking token. What do I do with this? Yeah. What do I do with this? <laughs> Fucker. You flipped it, bitch. You yeah. Ugly face, goddamn. <laughs> Shove that right up your ass. I miss that shit. Oh, damn. Yeah. But, yeah, you have those people. And so it's kind of nice to be, like, a person behind the bar that, hey, they're, they're still tipping you 20% at the end of the day. But yeah. you don't have to say shit to them. Or there's the people that sit there to just, you to give them your ear. And, like, you don't have to say shit back. You don't have to respond back with an opinion. You don't have to say anything. It's just them there to vent. Them there to bitch about their fucking work day. And you to just give them alcohol so they can do away with their feelings. I think I rarely <laughs> ever had like chatty customers or chatty guests. Um, I had a couple of regulars, but they were from like the surrounding restaurants. So it was other servers that we were seeing on the regular <clears throat> um, or just people that would be there hanging out all day long. Freaking Paul getting wasted. Other than that, just it seemed like new faces. Some of them I would see they sit down in the dining area, then hop up and go to the bar mm-hmm. and then they become a regular that way. But it definitely taught me how to handle a variety of people, especially me being like super shy at first and fucking closed off, not wanting to talk to anybody. Like bartending and serving made me open my ass up and mm-hmm. really start talking to people and developing social skills. Really, yeah, that's cool too. Like you know, you have uh, you have those regulars that come in, um, they just want to feel like they know people, yeah. or feel like you know. They have friends and family or, like, just people that care about them in general. And so, you know, we have a bunch of regulars at the Henry that just come in for the social aspect of it. They don't necessarily want to talk, but they love saying hi. And they, like, really crave. I got this one dude, Derek. He always comes in. He always puts flowers in the vase in the front at the hostess stand. And he says hello to everybody. He thanks the kitchen every day. He says thank you for being here. He tells the bar staff. Even if he didn't handle or deal with us at all. But he'll always say thank you for being here. Good to see you. We might not talk much at all. Hell yeah. But like, that's it. I like 10 those people. Get the he- he'll get the heck out. I like those people. We need more people like that in the world. Yeah. Just genuinely nice. Like, Derek's just a, you know, kind, caring person. And he's a friend. Um, and just loves coming to the bar because of that. It's pretty interesting. You ever have a... Um, you ever had... You ever have Mo? <laughs> Mo come into Zenburger? Mo. Mo. 
That sounds familiar. It's this, um, he goes into Blanco over at the Biltmore. Um, but he's this uh, tall black guy, pretty bougie, a lot of jewelry. Um, a little older, heavier set, maybe 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, but always coming in, always get like a green tea from Zinberger when I was there. I don't think so. This motherfucker comes into the Henry now and goes into Blanco still every once in a while, at least. And uh, he con- he goes into Blanco so frequently, Chase knows him, right? So uh-huh. Chase works there only like once every other once every other week or so. And uh, this motherfucker go- came to the Henry one day. Oh, yeah, I was just over at Blanco, Bill Moore. Oh, right on, my girlfriend works there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Which which one? Which one? Who, who's your girlfriend? Chase. Chase? Chase? <laughs> she ain't your girl. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm dating Chase over there, over at the Billmore. Uh, I was like, the Japanese, I was like, taller Japanese girl. Well, she's some type of Asian. <laughs> That's your girlfriend? She was just my server today. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm she dating her. There. Oh, okay. And that's the end of it. And so I go home. I go home and I'm talking to Chase at night. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, I was like, you deal with Mo over there at Blanco? And she's like, fuck that motherfucker. Like, just all pissed, dude. Just hates this guy. Mo's he, giving her hell. Oh, yeah. He's just always giving her hell, but he's yeah. always hitting on her. Always hitting uh, on her. Of course. Yeah, trying to set his son up and shit. Um, I'm sure Mo's good at heart, but this dude's an asshole. Yeah, he does uh, To purpose. me, at least. He's a little cocky, little cocky piece of shit. Um... But uh, after he found out that I'm with her, he went over there the day a day later and Double said, down. "And said you don't need to be you don't you, what do you what are you doing with a little white what are you doing with a little white bartender or a little white man bartender or something like that S- said said something like that shit Mo you starting up <laughs> cutting up Mo and uh, Chase came home Chase came home later on that night and told me that and I'm like this motherfucker I was like what's it to him. This fucking, you know, almost 70-year-old man, this about? fucking piece of shit. And uh, he always comes in the bar, bro, and I don't say a, I, I looked at him in the face, and I'm like, I'm like, I heard you talk to Chase yesterday. And he's like, oh, yeah? And I was like, huh? I was like, what's that about? Yeah, why are you writing I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, why are you popping off, man? I was like, why are you talking to my girl like that? And he just, like, knocked it off, whatever. But I just don't deal with him since. I'd slide his fucking drink across the bar, like, on Cheers, <laughs> and just let that shit crash at the end. Right. Yeah. This guy was he's such an idiot. I know back and you have people day, like that that just come in and fucking bother you. And then just come in and bother you. Back in the day, we used to have this, uh, this old man named Bobby O that would come into Marley's. And um, he'd come in drunk. We don't know where he came from, but he, he just walked around, didn't have a car. And he, um, he would sing karaoke, hell of a fucking voice, sounding like Frank Sinatra. But the like the more drunk he got, Actually? the more I swear to God. Oh, he sounded it, great. It, okay. Yeah, he sounded good. Sounded just like him. But he was a fucking pervert, too. And at this, it was it was funny to watch him <laughs> just to get shut down. Yeah. And you'd be like, this motherfucker's going to go and go and go until they really get sick of him. And they'd end up having to cut his ass off every night. Of karaoke home, or booze? Cut him off of booze. Have they ever had to cut him off of karaoke? Nah, he he'd, stop he'd sit there and be the last motherfucker in there singing away. Fucking Frank Sinatra. That's him hilarious. and a lot of other people. And then he'd get pissed off and stumble his drunk ass home or call a cab. But he was like, he was definitely one that I remember, like, even after all these years. That's funny. Just like one of those people would come in and he'd be cool at first. Wouldn't say a word. Hi, how you doing? Order his food, order his drinks. And then the more he got liquored up, then fucking Bobby O. Bobby O would come out and show his ass. Hell yeah. Bobby O sounds like a lot like uh, Matto, dude. 
yes. <laughs> like he was an old version of Matt. Oh, he'd be super red in the face and shit. <laughs> and he wore a hat, a big ass sun hat, oh, but would still be hella sunburnt. That's funny. Matt, oh, that guy. Please come out of hiding. I miss you. Oh, yeah, seriously. Um, we, uh, we just got a new regular at our bar. Um, and I feel like it's always the best once you get in, like, you get in a little period of, like, you know, all right, I've been seeing the same people for this long. They keep coming in, um, getting a little tired of them, like a new face, yep. whatever. Uh, we have a lot of that over at the Henry. A lot of, lot of, lot of familiar faces that come in daily. Um, so it's fun every once in a while when we get somebody that starts to develop a relationship with our bar in general or our, just our place and uh, starts becoming, a, you know, a regular. But anyways, this old guy, um, did I say his name, I guess? Is this going to go? Are we going to? Oh, shit. Is nobody, nobody knows him. He might listen to this. It's only episode two, but he might listen to this. <laughs> yeah, this guy, Gary. Um, he uh, always comes in. So, so. Backstory, I guess that he's a, uh, he is a ex firefighter from New York. He was a firefighter in the Bronx, I think. Uh, but he was there during the Twin Towers. Oh, shit. So, well, mind you, I haven't had it. I don't know how to fact check. Oh, no. Well, this is, this is all feelings, no facts here. For now, anyway, until yeah, yeah, yeah. I get some more people in this bitch to. To check the laptop and do all the facts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if he's an actual <laughs> firefighter or not, but this is what he says. However, my reasoning behind not him me not thinking that he's a firefighter is this because this dude comes in every day wearing his dad Nikes, Nike white Nikes, right, with his denim jeans that are a little too small for his big ass gut, <laughs> and then the same uh, NY fire department T-shirt every <laughs> oh, single no. time he comes in, like looking too much the part, right. But, yeah, like someone who has a problem that's just carried on a story, right? <laughs> because he happens to be wearing a shirt that can back up the story yeah, and yeah. make us believe it somehow. I don't know. Same shirt, same pants, same shoes every fucking day. Monday through Saturday or Tuesday through Sunday, something like that. Um, comes in, sit down, order order a course. Orders a course when he's half, halfway done with that course so the other course can sit out and get warm. Yeah, and One he goes through goes through a twelve pack, twelve to fourteen beers. We have fourteen beers that can fit inside of our beer cooler, and he went through the whole fucking row, bro. Damn, I can't believe that I even served him that much. I just let him keep going. Yo, sometimes like, you guy's forget chilling. though, huh? I forget, and I'm just like, also, like, dude, orders them so quick that like it's like it's water. Like, I'm like, all right, bro, <laughs> pretty fine. much like, it is. You don't, of course, light don't hit you until after you've had a good few. Yeah, he takes a piss every four beers anyway, so it's like. <laughs> It's like I know that <laughs> it's going right <laughs> like through him. It's literally he's every, good. He gets up from the bar every four beers, and uh, he always has the bathroom. So I see him walking away, and like he's never stumbling. He's never really slurring his words. He already slurs his words to begin with. Um, so I don't fuck. I can't. I fucking tell when he's drunk or not. But anyway, slams fourteen beers, and then just sits at the bar and hollers at people, and just like <laughs> is has recently started getting complaints. Like really? he's, yeah, he's turned into this weird like. He just yelled at a couple last night. So there were these uh, a woman sitting directly next to him and her husband on the left. Another lady had stood up behind this couple trying to order a beer from me, like over over them or to the side of them. And Gary leans over, hey. <laughs> he's got like, like his, his <laughs> underbite hanging over. And he's like, hey, well, when he's drinking too, he's like, why don't you get up and give the lady a chair, man? <laughs> <laughs> like, Mind your fucking business. Yeah, this guy's like, this guy's like, what? And the lady's like, dude, you're fine. Like, don't, don't worry about it. And Gary's like, man, have some manners. That's a woman behind you. <laughs> like, 
the guy's just trying to enjoy dinner with his wife. Like, I wouldn't have gotten up. Like, yeah. I think I'd like to think that I'm a fucking gentleman, but I don't think that I would have got given her my chair. Like, she's fine. She's get her fine. drink and get yeah. the fuck out of there. She doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't need to take my chair. She's not going to enjoy dinner with my woman while I stand up behind her. Pay your time. Get your ass out the way, goddamn. Yeah, but Gary's been getting fucking weird, man. We're gonna we're gonna have to start cutting him off, unfortunately. Bring it a little bit closer to bring the mic a little bit closer to you. There we go. Do it whisper softly. No homo. Do you guys have any guests that you've had to like, you know, in the fox way, ask to get up and, and get their asses up out of there? Um, honestly, no. Not at the not at the um not at the Henry yet, I don't think. I can't remember one in particular. Um but at the when I was out there in Nashville though, I actually they had me as a bouncer. Nice. Uh, one of the shifts, bro. I, I got it. I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you one of these nights. Um, I'll get into the story in just a minute, but because it's pretty fucking crazy. But yeah, one of the nights they just had me as a bouncer. Like this place was popping. So like I said, like it's a restaurant first, restaurant and bar turns into more of a bar at night um, with the live music. Like everyone wants to fucking listen to live music and drink. And yeah. Like you know, fast paced drinking. You know, once I'm done, I'm on to the next. Um, and. Uh, we were getting so busy that we had to put out like fucking nice, uh, base, like almost like a fucking red carpet, bro. Like literally had, I forget, you know, those ropes. Oh, little velvet ropes and what shit. Or called? not even yeah. the velvet ropes, but they the dividers. Yeah, shit. the yeah. dividers with the velvet fucking ropes, whatever they are. Um, but we had to put those out and like have a line start to form. Damn. And we had security guards standing out front, but they didn't have a security guard to guard, like to just stand by the exit to let people out and to stop people from trying to, you know, hop over it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that crazy, mind you. Like, they're not fucking animals out there. But they're just people saying that they... The second we're at capacity, we're like, bro, if you fucking leave and your friends are still inside and you want to try to come back... That's you your ass. cannot. Yeah, you cannot. And so, like, they had me stand out there like a fucking bouncer and, like, looking like a preppy just straight fucking face. asshole, dude. Because I'm, I'm in my management, like, button-up, uh, button-up little blue and striped tee with my jeans. And I'm wearing, like, my these fucking white PF flyers. <laughs> I'm like looking all like a little dapper fucking geek and uh, you got the security guard standing right next to me that are all these jacked ass fucking homies that are just like all in black like all look you know, <laughs> straight from head to toe. They look great and they look like serious bouncers and you just have me like Cody's fresh off with Peaky Blinders yeah, and shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Like what the, what the fuck am I gonna do? Oh, man. Um, but no, yeah. So I had to I had definitely kicked people out of that spot before. Um but no, not not out of the Henry. It's it's pretty it's pretty chiller. People get fucking rowdy. People get rowdy, and people have been kicked out before. But it's not uh, not not me at my own bar. No, we're typically good about monitoring. Just chill. That's good. Yeah, we've definitely had to cut people off, and people get snooty and shit. But whatever. Um. But yeah, let me get into this uh this night. So we had so this twelve thirty club was um. It was. It, uh, it's like an expected event, you know. All these people were it was it was hyped up uh, because Sam Fox is partnered with Justin Timberlake, and oh wow, you know this is gonna be this big, beautiful fucking place, which it is. Um, but they had their own VIP night, and uh, so this VIP night, we had no idea who was gonna show up. Yeah. Um, there were talks that Justin Timberlake was gonna show up. Uh. And that alone would draw so many. Oh, right? Right. it's, it's going to be packed just off right. of his name alone. Yeah. Yeah. So come to find out, the reason why I was talking like that is come to find out it's Trace, his best friend that's mainly partnered in it, not necessarily Justin Timberlake. And I think that's why he wasn't there. Oh, um, okay. But, and I'm, I'm a little bitter, a little salty too, that I didn't get to see my, uh, my, <laughs> the, one, the one man I'd, I'd trade lives with. Uh, 
But <laughs> I would have wrote a talk to Sam. <laughs> you motherfuckers. Yeah, I should have, right? You motherfuckers got me so hyped up. I thought JT was going to be there. Um, but yeah, so he ended, he ended up not showing up. But anyways, so we go into this VIP night, not knowing who, what, do, what the fuck is going to happen, who's going to show up, how it's really going to be run. We were expected to cocktail, give a, give like, you know, some tapas, like little small plates and shit for uh, individual pieces of shrimp mm-hmm. and like, you know, whatever, cocktail essentially. Or d'oeuvres. Yeah. And, uh, and so the night gets started, Trace comes in with his, with his, uh, group of friends and, you know, more and more, uh, famous or Nashville, Nashville celebrities, uh, start to come into the place. So Theo Vaughn comes in, uh, Kid Rock shows up. Oh shit. Um, my favorite all time and best part of this story is that John Daly, the golfer was there. Uh, who else was there? Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Carson, not Carson Palmer. I think it was Carson Palmer. Damn, man. Um, there's just a bunch of fucking heads in that Hell building. Yeah. A lot of John Party was the guest, uh, guest country performer that was on stage. Um, and his crew's rowdy as shit. And his music's just, you know, very fun music. Um, but there were a lot of like, you know, Nashville celebrities out there and just celebrities in general. Quite a few. Just maybe not a lot. Whole scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of people that nobody fucking knew, right? Just friends of friends. Yeah. Um, but John Daly is in the bar, and this man is rocking, of course, his fucking iconic bright red, just shitty Hawaiian T-shirt, just shitty shirt in general. His fucking button-up that could hold back his belly. <laughs> uh, he's wearing some jeans. Honestly, might even been sweatpants with fucking barefoot <laughs> rocking slides, and his toes are hanging over the front Curled of the slides, over. bro. Like Elisha does in his goddamn slides around the goddamn house. Shuffling <laughs> and shit. And his gangly ass toes are just chilling right over the front of his slides. And uh, so he walks in straight to the bar, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, that's John Daly. I was like, I, I want to say hi to him. Yeah. Um, had to avoid that, obviously, because I had to be professional. Um, and couldn't take my phone out, couldn't take a picture, whatever. Shit. I know, right? Bitch ass. And so uh, I'm standing next to this one little server station in my all-black attire, clearly worked there, wearing a mask, whatever. John Daly is, um, some woman is basically bent over a booth, like right to, immediately to my right, and John Daly's sitting there just fucking driving his knuckles into her lower back, like rubbing her out, dude. But like, clear, like he's bumping, he's bumping her too while he's doing it. Yeah. He's just rubbing out, rubbing out her knots and shit. And he'll move, he'll switch, and he'll turn to his right hand, and he'll start rubbing out some knots in her lower back, upper ass, um, just working some shit out. Oh, and like shit. this lady's clearly like. It's helping her, <laughs> like, but it's just weird as fuck. Like, there's so many people. Of all around. places like, to be she's doing clearly some shit aching, like this. I guess. <laughs> like, clearly needed to be rubbed like this, but um, oh, yeah. Fuck. So she's just he's fucking rubbing her out, loosening her up. Sits down. I think someone told him that it's like you know a little fucking odd that he's doing that right in the middle of the restaurant. So he sat down and he's still rubbing her. His uh, his hands on her trap and he's sitting right next to her and he's just like getting into her fucking lower ass um or upper ass whatever. And uh, I was just dying the whole time. I took a couple laps around the restaurant, and this man's still doing it. I come back, and I sit there, and he, he stands up from the booth, and he's um, standing right in front of me, Takes pulls out a fat fat joint out of his pocket, wow. and he just lights it up with, with these two dudes. And I mean, you, mind you, I'm in the middle of the fucking restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Like, <clears throat> VIP night, like, of course, we're not we're not going to say anything, yeah, you're but, like, like oh, also, why is... Yeah, like, I was... <laughs> I don't know. I guess I should should expect to see, like... 
somebody would have rushed over and told him to put the shit out or like, hey, take a puff and then somebody would have normally, yeah. But on this night, like, can't say shit. I, I like it. This is Sam Fox's big night. I can't do anything on the very first night of opening. All yeah. the people are in the house, like, and who the fuck am I to tell John Daly, like, yo, put that roast down when I'm out. sitting here high as shit trying to do this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not the guy for that job. Um, <laughs> I would have been great for that, but but he's smoking it, and I literally I look at him as he passes it to his home, and he looks back at me like noticing that I'm an employee standing right there, yeah, yeah. and he's still fucked up. And I look at him, and I'm like, hey, I know that I'm on the clock, but would you mind blowing that my way? Oh and shit! Swear to God, and these two motherfuckers, John Daly looks at me after he grabbed after he took got the roach back from his buddy, took a big hit, and said, "You asked for this kid," and then blew it directly in my face. I would, and I was dying. The fuck out oh, of I was, that. I was dying. I started laughing my ass off. I'm like almost in tears, bro. But my mask is still on, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was fucking in tears, bro. I was like, I was laughing my ass off, and uh, he after they had finished the fucking joint, John Daly just grabs it, flicks it on the floor. Middle of the restaurant still, <laughs> and stomps that bitch out and flattens it, flattens it to the floor. And I'm like, damn, I can't this motherfucker. Wait a second. <laughs> oh, wait a second. <laughs> I see the roach on the floor after it's stomped out. And I was like, fuck, am I gonna fanboy right now and grab this roach? Um, and so I took, I took again, I took another couple uh, laps yeah. around the restaurant. I did my thing and like, hey, if somebody picked it up, they picked it up. <laughs> if somebody threw it away, they threw it away. Like, not a big fucking deal. It's kind of weird that I wanted anyways, but like, it's a memento. Like, that was a dope night. <laughs> Um, and 10, 15 minutes later, I had done a couple of laps around the restaurant and I go, and that fucking roach is sitting right there, there where he stomped it out. Yeah. <laughs> is that the applause? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. God is looking out. <laughs> oh, fuck. I got a, <laughs> I picked that bitch up and I put it in a cocktail napkin and I tucked it in my pocket and then I had, uh, finally got a break and I headed upstairs for a minute. I put it inside my pill bottle that was inside my oh, backpack shit. and I brought that bitch home with me. I don't frame How fucking it. happy were you like <laughs> jumping around that you had some shit to smoke when you got home? Oh no, that, it was flat. It was, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not smokable. It's, but it's like this shitty ass like roach that's clearly like, I mean, it's almost thin as paper because John Day's fat ass smashed it out. Smashed that bitch to dust. Yeah. Um, that's hilarious. But my bro. dad, my dad's just a big golfer too, and so I thought that would be a great ass story for him. So I had uh, I had taken that home, um, <laughs> and I showed him a couple weeks back. Of course, my dad's a cop, so like him. And he's like, "What are you doing with this?" Yeah, well, first of all, when we were in Na when I was in Nashville, I told him the story, and he's like busting up, and he's like, "We'll make sure you mail that to yourself. You can't fly with that. You can't fly <laughs> with that." And I was like, eh, "I can fly with it." Dad. I'll be I was right. like, "Yeah, I'll be all right." And he's like, no, seriously, son, like, make sure you don't fly with that. Like, mail that to yourself. And I was like, all right, whatever. And so I put it in my check-in bag, and I didn't mail it. <laughs> Good course. man. Of course. Got home. Totally fine. Um, brought it home to him, and he opens it up, and he's just busting up. That's fucking funny. He's just busting up. That's like once in a lifetime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With John Daly, I feel like it could happen again because that man's absolutely reckless. Um, Especially out here at the Open. Uh-huh. Yeah, at the Open, and just in... The week after I had left um, Nashville, there was a video that was uh, that was um, on Instagram and shit. That was uh, John Daly just trashed at a bar, hopping up on stage and grabbing the mic from the artist, like oh, you know, wow. singing in his flip flops and shit. Yeah, he's just he's just a reckless wild individual, wild dude. boy. Oh yeah, <clears throat> some people don't play that. They'll body slam your ass off the stage. Or oh yeah, their security is quick enough. Yep. Yeah, seriously. But just because it's fucking John Daly, it's like he's so he's so harmless and he's just a drunk fucking asshole. Like I feel like it's it's, it's his character it's, by now. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he is the ultimate like 
be who you want to be. <laughs> Shit, you might as well at this point. I don't know. Like, he clearly drinks a fuckload, so maybe he's... And he's an he's old dude, going too? On. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look look at, look at up a fuck, look up a fucking picture of this. Check him out right I'll here. find it for you. Bro. Chunky ass. Let's see this right here. Got, they have Boost Mobile out here in Buckeye. Oh yeah, if you out here, your <clears throat> your services. That's that name. Uh, yeah, man, you can't you can't put hands to him. You gotta let him do what he wants to do. Yup. Yeah. Just got a beer gut, white man. Like, look at that fucking face. He just loves. He's like Santa Claus bruise. on vacation. No bullshit. Yeah, literally. Always Low wears cut. something obnoxious. <laughs> and if it's not obnoxious in golf, it's goofy out in public. Slides, no socks. Do you golf a lot? I wish that was one sport that I would have got into. No, not 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 as much as my dad wants me to. That's for sure. <laughs> I can hit the hell out of the ball. Um, but as far as my like mid range and short game is pretty ass. I golf. I was on the golf team in high school. I golfed with my dad growing up, like every once in a while, once a month maybe, yeah. maybe. Um, so I had my own set of clubs. Um, I know what I'm doing, but I'm not good by any means sure. I'm decent I can get by uh, the only time that I golf annually is uh, my dad's golf tournament in the beginning of August uh, we golf in Mesquite for three days nice yeah so that's pretty much the only time that I golf every year <clears throat> it just seems like such a leisurely sport like the drunk man sport oh yeah I feel like I get faded too fast and just be out there bullshitting oh yeah and getting sunburned getting just getting toasted yeah and it looks fun though like I'll go to top golf any day and, and smack some balls around but then be sore as shit, like from my ribs all the way around my back, just because I know I'm doing this shit wrong. Yep. So. <laughs> Swinging like Charles Barkley. Swinging like Charles Barkley out there, like Happy Madison. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely it's like really technical. It's definitely not like riding a bike, and yet every year I think that it is, and I go to fucking Mesquite thinking that I'm gonna hit the ball decent, and I'm trash every single time. <laughs> it's not like I practice this year in August and then go. To the tournament next year in August, and then suddenly crushed one or two points off my handicap. Like I'm just straight butt cheeks. <laughs> no matter what, but I can drive the ball though. I'll catch a good drive every every eh, probably one out of every three or four shots, and I'll crush the shit out of the ball. But no, I can't even top do golf, that. Top golf is my jam. You got so much of fucking curve on the ball. It's just, it, it ain't going. Anywhere near where straight. I wanted it to go. Hell yeah. no. We went um, with Katie's stepdad one day. <clears throat> this boy back a while ago. Went with her stepdad. Um, I think his in-laws or his parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just fucking crushing it. And then his wife's teaching me how to hit the ball. And she's like, you know, turn your wrist a little bit when you mm-hmm. do this. And stand up straight and bend your knee. And I start smacking a couple of them. And I'm like, all right, I'm fucking feeling good. And yep. go back to doing my own thing. And then bitches just start curving and sailing. Yep. I was like, this shit is tricky. It's fun though. So Yeah. It's a challenge and it ain't it's definitely something that I'm gonna make sure that I pick up when I'm older. Um, but right now I just feel like it's not the it's not the sport for me that I wanna actually invest money. It's a, it's it's an investment, bro. I mean clubs clubs are clubs are expensive. Golfing in general is expensive, especially out here during season. Being in those clubs are expensive. Like if you're not in like the fifty plus like year or Fifty-year-old like living community where they they let you into those clubs for like a discounted fee and shit, then it's expensive in general. Yeah, P- 
PGA, like, there's a couple of apps and stuff that that, have, that knock the price for you over the summers, um, which is nice. But, again, it's <coughs> hot as shit out here. Um, but they, uh, yeah, clubs are, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Golfing is, you know, 40, 50 plus dollars every time that you go. That's not including brews. That's not including alcohol. And that's not also taking into account that it's, it it's could potentially, it could potentially be a five hour fucking day if you get stuck behind like a really yeah. slow group of people. And that's always a bitch is that you know, my dad goes out there and we, whenever I go out, my pops like we fucking hustle. We get through the course and like we enjoy, I don't think that my dad enjoys himself as much as he could. I think he could take a little bit more time mm-hmm. and like be a little bit more leisurely, leisurely about it. Um, but there are some people though that just like drag their fucking knuckles out there the entire way. Shit. It's like, yo, can you please pick it up? Pick up the pace. And then they think it's rude if you fucking you jump up and shoot mm-hmm. while they're still up there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they get mad that, the, hey, why are you hitting up on us? It's like, fuck you. I'm not gonna wait behind your ass. You're <laughs> yeah. probably losing anyway. Yeah, guys. while you five putt on every fucking green in front of me, <laughs> take eight practice strokes on your tee off. Like, fuck out of here. Hurry up. My dad it will not hesitate to mob past somebody in the golf cart. <laughs> Looks like we're skipping hole four, son. <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> Flies in front of them, hits on, or then we go and tee off on five and work our way through the course from there. We'll go back. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool. Golfing, golfing's fun. Yeah, I went on a golf, I was on the golf team in, uh, in high school just to rehab my knee. Like I had gotten, I had gotten uh, surgery on my meniscus. And, um, so I think a month after that or a couple weeks after that, uh, golf, it's golf season had started. So I picked that up. I was like, all right, this would be good for me to start walking, get some mobility back in my leg. Yeah. Um, so I learned a little bit of you know how to be technical from that. But how'd you tear? What were you with football? Uh, probably probably something outside of my extracurriculars. Oh yeah, being, always being doing some idiot, shit you weren't supposed to be jumping doing. off the roof for no reason. Um, I had noticed that it was weak towards the tail end of my football season, but it wasn't uh, in pain, and that I could still you know I could still cut. I could I was still fairly quick. Uh, and then one day in soccer, I had uh, I was in a soccer game probably a couple months later after football had ended, and I was running along the sideline, and I tried to cut in to the to take off to go to the right, and I remember I planted really hard on my left knee, and it just gave way, and so I just fell out of bounds. I couldn't stop and then cut like I had wanted to. Damn. So I'd fallen out of bounds, and like I just started gripping my leg, and my parents were like, oh, yeah, something's toast. Dang. Like I didn't really realize. I knew that it fucking hurt. But you just like, knew something was wrong, but didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Meniscus, luckily, it's not like anything. Uh, I mean, it's a serious issue. You know, any surgery, I feel like, is a serious issue. Yeah. Uh, or it could potentially be one. But the meniscus, luckily, I was only otoscopic, so it wasn't uh, wasn't terrible. Uh, and the recovery wasn't... Went wasn't, too bad, wasn't went too long. I think it was probably like three months, four months. Sure. Yeah, it was pretty quick. And I'm young, too, so it's not like... So it, it went by a lot faster did, yeah. than it would now. Oh, yeah. Shit. Dude, Hangover I couldn't imagine nice. <laughs> like breaking an ankle or tearing anything now. Like I'm just like right under thirty, mm-hmm. and there's there's days where I come home from work and my back hurts or my mm-hmm. knees hurt, and I'm like, man, if if I broke anything, I'd be done for a year. Yep. Like and then having to fucking chase Hayden around and shit like that. Like there's no way at all. No. Yeah, not a chance. And I'm just like I'm nowhere near. Like we were saying earlier, like or I was telling you earlier, I wish I was. Somewhere as in shape as I was back in the day, like that mm-hmm. track and field shape, like these days. Pfft. Yeah, count me out. I joined a flag football league uh, in Southern Tempe with uh, Chase's old roommate Ben and 
uh, Charles was on the team uh, for I don't know three four games, and then a group of, a group of guys that Ben knows. Um, and our first game out there, I was getting after it. Yeah, I loved it because it's like it's my jam. I love football, um, but it was also fun to compete and actually play against people and like be with a group of guys. You know that intensity, whatever. So I'm fucking getting after it, jumping all over the place, and falling a couple times on my back. You know, making a catch or diving for a flag, and um, and after the game, like I Chase was there, and I was like, hell yeah! I was like, that felt good. And yeah. I was like, you know, adrenaline's still rushing. And I'm like, fuck yeah! I was like, that felt good to get out there and get hurt, get beat up. A hell little. yeah! I knew I was gonna walk away with some bruises and some aches. Damn, did I regret that shit the next day? <laughs> I, I was like, move. fuck! I do not miss this. I was like, damn, is this really how it feels? Like trying to stretch, I could couldn't barely move. My lower back was in pain for like. I don't know, three days. But it's like a good sore after a while. Like, you know, at least like you were fucking, you were being active. Mm-hmm. You were doing something other than sitting on your ass. Yeah. I'm like that with getting back into the gym too. Like, I know it's necessary. And once I do get that burn, I'm like, all right, I feel good. I fucking feel pumped. And it's just been one day. And then wake my ass up in the morning. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's, it's a bitch. It's a bitch for sure. I don't have the discipline one, like, just out the window you what i don't have the discipline uh, to like to consistently be go in the, the gym. gym and like follow a regimen and shit like that i'll it's go hard, in man. and just like i'm gonna fuck around with these and do yeah. This. yeah it's hard though it's hard too like you know being in uh having been in sports in high school or having you know um worked out college whenever it's like you can do a rhythm for a little while and then all of a sudden you find yourself in this like Lol, and you're like, yo, fuck that place. Yeah, like, I am not going. Don't to Don't want gym. to set foot in there at no, all. No, I'll drive past another fitness and say deuces. I kind of like cancel my <laughs> membership this month. Like, I might have to put this shit on free because I don't think I'm gonna come back for six months. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's like that motivation. You gotta find it somewhere. You don't need to though. You can <laughs> for the gym. I don't know. I always convince myself I don't need to find the motivation though. Sure I don't need to go today. I do some sit ups in the I worked garage out hard for the last five years. I'm, I'm cool. Like, <laughs> you won. I'll be telling Denzel, I'll be like, nigga, you won. Just stop. Why are you still lifting? Yeah, dude. Fuck Denzel. Shit. <laughs> ain't gonna be any more weights in the weight room. Yeah, that man, that man, yeah, exactly. That man gets, that man gets so tired of hearing us fuck around with how big he is. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like every time, every time we see, every time we're with somebody, and people are like, Damn, and they always make a joke about how big he is, or like ask him his workout plan. I'm like motherfucker, you will never you in your life it. look like this man. Yeah. This man is six six, six seven, about two fifty, and just absolutely built. Like he is the most built human I have ever seen in my life. Fucking punch a center and block I, with his knuckles and shatter it. Yeah, I I, I don't know a s- single person in my life that will ever look like that man. Like he was gifted. Um. But he's just. He, and I bet he's a fucking I always freak of nature. Shit. Like I haven't seen him in like do any spot. I've never seen him play basketball or anything uh-huh. like that. But I bet he's just a fucking freak of nature. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no. I it, listen. He's he can move. He can run fast. I don't know how quick he is. Um, and as far as basketball, I've never seen him play. But I mean, he's, he's six six. He could he stride, so, arm yeah. length, all that shit, man. Yeah, but his arms are also so big that like it'd probably be shitty for basketball. He's be the biggest fucking basketball player out there. Just give me a year to get in shape, and then we'll all go play. Yeah, right. Yeah, I have no idea how he moves, but he definitely looks like he's he definitely looks like he's fucking crazy athletic for sure. Um, I think he's personal trainer too, so that's like that's the wave right now. There's a lot of people that are doing the personal training shit. Yeah, and he just and he like embodies like 
people's idea, especially the male idea of like what they want their personal trainer to look like, mm -hmm. and also be as far as personality and shit goes. Like he's the homie, definitely personality like, wise. Yeah, like, like he absolutely crushes. Like his smile is contagious, and like his drive for wanting to make you better is contagious. Um, I feel like he's just genuine. Mm -hmm. That's like one thing yeah. that I've picked up from hanging out with all you guys. Like there's just something genuine about like the time spent around y'all. It just just the fucking the moments that we share something about it, it's just it's all genuine like you guys are good you're dope people yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah he's he's crazy it's like you look at him and you're like all right i need to get on this fucking i need to get on this man's protein cycle what's this what's this guy taking how the fuck it that's how in the his fucking jeans shit. 100 and 180 pound uh six foot two white dude how am i gonna look like this tower of a black man y'all ever seen the old uh the black panther comics that nigga <laughs> it was him yeah dude fucking yeah. rib all right man we're gonna get out of here family's back it's a little too much background noise i don't know if y'all could hear it but um i'm glad you came out here man Hell yeah. Hell yeah. it's been a while you helped us move it sucked that you helped us load all that shit up and then couldn't come out here to see the house it's been a minute for sure and it's been a while it's been a long time that was in october here we are now in may in may that was in october mm-hmm that's not the last time I've seen you, though. That's not the last time. We went to Windsor or something. I think we did that, and then we came in to eat at the Henry. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. But it's been a minute, man. It's been a while, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, Buckeye's not that far from Scottsdale, so I know he said that in the beginning of this shit, but... Yeah, it ain't that far. I exaggerate yeah, a lot. Thir 30 minutes isn't that far. No, I exaggerated too, dude. Live, move, moving from California, coming out, he, like... 30 minutes is, is a short drive in California. Yeah. Things yeah. are a lot closer out here than you think, like, after yeah. you drive around and you get to know shit a lot. And then there's a lot of shortcuts and back ways through the towns and just avoiding traffic and all the bullshit that comes along. Yeah. We're living out here in Phoenix. We'll get out here and we'll get out here another time for another one of these things. This yep. is fun. We're going to grill up. We're going to invite the rest of the Wagyu out here, the ladies. Wagyu, Maybe call Wagyu Avery. Oh, Wagyu yeah, part we'll have, two. We'll have Avery, uh, Avery hop in on the mic. That'd be fun. Hell yeah. Catch up with his ass. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Sway Out West, episode two. Three dope.